So really early on in our digital transformation, I remember our IT teams being slightly nervous for the stability of the entire system when we would hit 10% and we would watch every Friday, you know, you could tell how big was East Coast lunch, where are we going to get there, where are we going to get there, you know, and now we're approaching 20% of total company sales on digital. Why do some companies succeed in driving growth while others fail? How do some individuals advance in their careers to lead teams that change industries? In the age of mobile, these are the stories of the companies shaping the way we interact with our world and the people who drive their growth. I'm Mada, and I'm the host for How I Grew This. We're so happy to have our next guest, Nicole West. Nicole is a VP of Digital Strategy and Product for Chipotle, one of my favorite brands. Nicole has risen to the ranks with a tenure of over 14 years at the company. Nicole, so excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mada. I'm so excited for the conversation. You know, the the funny thing is, in the early days of Branch, my co-founder Mike and I were actually four founders, but Mike and I specifically lived on Chipotle. You used to be in Palo Alto on California Avenue, and there was a Chipotle nearby. And I can think of so many meetings, so many like team outings, At Chipotle, I even made him a t-shirt with like the burrito as his spirit animal because he loved it so much. So to me, it's quite an honor to have you here today. I feel like probably the work that you've done has actually been integral in helping me build the company in a more of an auxiliary way. So, so excited to hear about your strategy and your journey so far. I love that story, first of all, and you'll have to let me know uh, where I can send some proper Chipotle gear for both of you after the conversation. I think Mike will die if you do that. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Sounds good. So, you know, it's been a weird year. It's been very different. And let's start with like how you're doing, both on the personal level and from like, uh, you know, digital strategy for your company's level. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been a crazy year for everybody, at least weekly, if not daily. I lose track of time, and that you know means the season, the month. Um, it's really easy to do. It's just been it's been unlike anything else. But both in my professional and in my personal role um, as a wife and a mom, I've learned a few things over the past six months, and I think probably the most impactful has been to be intentional and just the need to be intentional with my time, my time for myself, for Chipotle, for my family, for all the meetings. We were talking about all the meetings when we first started in today. Um, And then of course, making time for thinking and growing and planning for the future. So, you know, at first it was all about reacting and then um, kind of settling in and realizing that I was going to need to be a lot more focused and intentional moving forward. And that's that's helped a lot. What's your process for being intentional? Like I find it hard sometimes. I find myself wanting to do certain things in my personal life and not getting to do them. And even with work, I think sometimes I, I struggle. There's so many meetings that get pushed my way. What are your like some tips for others that are trying to also be intentional during this time and maybe not being as successful? <laughs> Listen, it's not it's not easy, um, and it, sometimes it works better than others. I do a lot of calendar management, try to protect my time, and have found the courage to say, no, I can't take that meeting at that time or have that conversation at that time, whenever feasible. 
uh, you know, just to really protect the time for, for what it was meant for. And then I also do my best to be present in whatever it is that I'm doing at a given time. So right now I'm having a conversation with you. I won't respond to text messages that come through or uh, look at Teams messages that are coming my way. I do the same when I'm with my children. That's my time to be with my children. When I manage to squeeze in time for self-care and work out, then that's what it is. And the phone's flipped upside down and the, the ringer's off. So does it always work? No. Sometimes 10 hours go by and I realized it's been one meeting after the other and I had chips for lunch, but I try to do better than that. That's really great advice. So you mentioned earlier about how initially you were like a lot of it was reactive when this change happened. I think it would be interesting for our audience to hear, you know, when COVID hit, how did you guys at Chipotle, especially on the digital side, think about this? whether it was an opportunity or not, and how did you react to it? And then how has this evolved over the past, I guess, six to eight months? Chipotle was uniquely positioned uh, to handle the way consumer behavior has shifted during this pandemic, um, especially in, in the digital space. We already had a really strong technical foundation that was able to scale for really what was a overnight increase in digital business. We had digital experiences on both our app and website that customers loved. They were used to, they were comfortable with. And we had dedicated ops teams running our digital kitchens in every location that were trained and ready uh, and willing to handle that increased volume and deliver the Chipotle experience. So definitely uniquely positioned. But that being said, we definitely had a few pivots early on in digital one thing that stands out is uh, a conversation about our group strategy and thinking that maybe it was more appropriate to deprioritize that particular conversation. What is the group strategy? Just how we would um, cater to larger groups. Oh, got it. Make ordering for groups easier. You know, think yeah. 20 and larger. Yeah. Milestone events, business meetings, replacing like the pizza occasion, that sort of thing. Yeah. Decided it was probably good to, to table that for a few months. And instead, we focused on each piece of the delivery experience and where could we save a few minutes, make it a little bit faster, a little more streamlined, uh, remove little bits of friction along the way for customers and, and for our delivery partners. And, you know, some numbers for those of you out there who are curious you know, Chipotle did the over a billion in digital sales this year. And I think I, I found a number saying it's like 88% digital sales growth year over year, which is incredibly impressive. I think in 2015, you guys, digital sales were only 4% and now they're 18%. Can you talk? I mean, obviously part of it was what happened this year, but like, how did you, how did you grow that? How did you enable people to do more of that. Tell us the story of that, uh, of the past few years. Yeah. So a lot of those numbers, Mata, um, are for pre-pandemic. So oh, wow. okay. we finished 2019 <laughs> with a billion dollar digital business and we're approaching 20% of total company sales on digital. Wow. That's impressive. That's so awesome. It is. I remember a time years ago, it would have been 2017. So really early on in our digital transformation where we couldn't wait to hit 10%. And I remember our IT teams being slightly nervous for the stability of the entire system when we would hit 10% and we would watch every Friday, you know, you could tell how big was East Coast lunch, where are we going to get there, where are we going to get there? 
you know, and now we're over 40% of the business. Wow. Oh my God. Okay. My numbers are completely wrong. That's amazing. (laughs) That's so impressive. How did you handle that? I mean, I think it'd be interesting to hear how you made, even before COVID, how did you like push that transformation? And then obviously how you think that evolved through COVID. And if, if there were things that failed and broke, you know, what were they? And what did you learn from that? I think it'd be good to kind of start the story in 2016. That's when we really began um, laying the foundation for Chipotle's digital transformation. The digital commerce or product function had been a business unit within marketing. In 2016, we became a part of the broader technology organization and really focused on, you know, what the next three to four years looked like and how we would build Chipotle to be a a leader in the digital economy. I think the first major milestone there was the relaunch of our mobile app in 2017. So it was in the fall of 2017. You know, we had this vision for what we wanted the entire experience to be for our customers. And we knew it was going to be a journey. So we made a plan, laid out a roadmap. Uh, We launched the MVP version of the app. That came with a complete relaunch of the services that support our front-end order interfaces. It came with, you know, all of the work that goes into creating the stability, uh, the security, the scalability. It truly laid the foundation, you know, and, and since then, we've just been focused on continuing to improve, continuing to delight our customers. That's awesome. Any any stories of a feature or something that you guys introduced or a campaign that you did that you think drove a lot of growth that our listeners could learn from? Yeah, let me think about that one. There's there's so many. I think the most obvious is the launch of Chipotle Rewards, which is our loyalty program. You know, we had been hearing from customers for years, like, why not have a punch card? Why not have a loyalty program? And we really wanted to take the time to make sure that we launched a program that was right for Chipotle, um, right for our customers and at the right time. So, you know, the launch of Chipotle Rewards, a partnership with Venmo, uh, the week that we launched, that entire campaign was so unique. It was a first uh, for a brand to partner with Venmo in that way. um, And customers responded incredibly well. That's cool. So when you think about Retention, the rewards was obviously a big part of it. The app itself is probably a big part of it as well. What do you think about like the drivers? Where do you think kind of the app and the mobile experience plays into both customer experience and retention of your customers? On our digital platform, we see lots of return customers, you know, our pro users. Um, they know exactly what they want. They want to come in and order very quickly. They tend to go towards our reorder feature. They've got addresses saved for delivery, restaurant locations favorited for where they'd like to pick up, um, and all their payment methods saved. They track their rewards points. Uh, We also have a huge uh, percentage of our user base that's new or um, much less frequent to Chipotle and definitely new to ordering digitally. So we look for ways to engage both types of customer Um, And it's very different. But I think a big part of our strategy is to continue to offer 
personalized, uh, increasingly personalized, relevant experiences to both of those groups of customers and just consistently look for ways to improve and iterate and keep them engaged and coming back for more. Do you have some examples, both how do you keep them engaged and coming back for more, but also how do you get people to discover the fact that they can use an app, they can order virtually? Uh, What have been some of the things that have worked in, in, in that direction as well? Uh, We have an outstanding uh, digital marketing team who is able to partner with all sorts of individuals, other brands, launch creative, forward-thinking, innovative digital marketing campaigns just to spread awareness that ordering through our app, joining Chipotle Rewards is a way that you can, in fact, Chipotle and that if you do it this way, you're going to have a really you know, easy, simple experience and earn some free Chipotle along the way. So big props to the team that, that focuses on the campaigns that raise awareness that this is even available to customers. You know, other ways, once customers have downloaded the app or created their Chipotle Rewards account, um, we look for ways within the experience to encourage to guide you know we have pro tips to kind of teach you how to customize and make your meal exactly your own we have features like i mentioned the ability to save favorites and reorder for the the people who come back regularly those are really interesting and i it's super impressive how you have helped grow the chipotle digital experience i'm also curious about your personal growth i think when i do this podcast we talk about an organization's growth but also the individual growth and you have been, I, I think you started doing marketing uh, as in field marketing, right? So tell me a little bit about your journey to marketing. How did you even think about like going to marketing and then maybe we'll move to how you became a leader? Um, it's definitely been an incredible journey. So 14 years ago, I started with Chipotle in our local marketing or field marketing organization. We had just over 400 locations, uh, US only. And a big part of that role was introducing people to Chipotle for the very first time. So getting them to try our guacamole, explaining how this brand and our purpose to cultivate a better world was different than anything that they were experiencing elsewhere. And it was really incredible just to be in the field, meeting customers, spreading the word of the brand, getting people to to learn about us and, and try us and fall in love with us for the first time. And what made you decide to take on that job? I think usually when we ask people, I've asked people usually move from marketing to engineering or from design, or sometimes they study marketing. What was like your journey to that first? A very non-traditional journey, I think. I studied geography and environmental science in college. I was working towards a master's degree in environmental policy uh, and law. I was working at a small political consulting firm in Denver, Colorado. Wow. So a lot of um, progressive issue-based ballot initiatives and that sort of work. And I had a friend who was on the field marketing team at Chipotle. And she approached me and said, I think you'd love this, this company. I think you'd love this particular role. And I kind of shrugged her off at first, thinking, <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't want to go into marketing. Like I'm, I'm out here changing the world um, in politics. And she brought me in for an interview, and I met some of the people on the team and learned about Chipotle's purpose. 
And it sort of changed everything. I realized that the purpose to cultivate a better world was not a marketing slogan. Um, It really was what was driving everything about this brand and this company and that it aligned with my personal values and that, hey, maybe that would be a good fit. So I joined the team. And then how did you move to like, how did you get to your current? Well, tell us first what you do in your current role and then kind of like your journey to that. So I probably should have started with that, but here we are now. So as VP of digital strategy and product, I'm responsible for all the ways our customers are ordering Chipotle outside of our restaurants. So we've talked about our mobile app, website, et cetera, those digital experiences. And then also how uh, we can use technology to enable our crew members to better execute those orders with our digital kitchen, which is a, you know, a second dedicated digitally enabled uh, make line that helps our crew members really run that side of the business. So user experience, product management, product design. And how did you transition to this role? I think many, many of our listeners are usually in growth. You know, they all strive to become a leader one day. And I think that like shift for being like a marketing manager into becoming a director of VP is very hard for people. So this is a question I usually ask, especially when I interview leaders. What do you think helped you make that transition into becoming a leader? And what is like advice you have for others who want to make a similar transition in their own careers? So in 2013, our then CMO approached me about starting our e-commerce business unit, really, within marketing. You know, at that time, we had built the field marketing team into a a much larger scale uh, marketing strategy group that was able to support the company that Chipotle had grown into and and beyond. And I remember thinking like, that sounds terrifying. Um, (laughs) We, we have a website and people order food there and engage with the brand there. And we have an app. We were the first ordering app in the app store. I've been involved in these projects kind of on the periphery at best. We had just launched a catering program that was supported by a couple pieces of customer facing and crew facing technology. And I was more involved there. But I remember thinking, there is no way I can do that job. And so my advice to my younger self is take risks, be afraid, and that's okay. Believe in yourself. And don't be afraid to sort of stretch beyond what you think you can do. And I think that that is absolutely what I would advise anyone else who's a little more junior in career, wondering how can I possibly get to a position in leadership or to where I want to be from where I am. And the second piece of that is to take the projects no one else wants, be a hand raiser, because you can really do incredible things with a project that maybe no one else has the time or mental capacity to take on. So raise your hand and and do that and see what happens. Any examples of a project you took on that no one else wanted at the point in your career? (laughs) Yeah, launching the catering program at Chipotle. You know, we had a few false starts with that. It was big and complex and um, required a truly cross-functional collaboration. It was disruptive to operations. Yeah, I can see that. You know, we weren't quite sure what customers wanted. They wanted everything. Yeah. How were we going to deliver that? We had no technologies in place to support it. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll figure it out by no means that I do everything correctly. And the program looks much different today than it did when we first launched it in 2012 and 13. But that's one that stands out. That's a really great example. 
as you think back of your career, when we think about, it's interesting, the, the leaders I've spoken with that stay long in an organization usually end up becoming better than some that like move around a lot because you get a lot of feedback and you can adopt to the organization. Any interesting pieces of feedback that you've gotten that helped you develop into who you are today as a leader along the way? All the feedback. Um, I would say early on, someone told me not to be afraid of feedback to actually seek it out. So that was probably early days of very impactful feedback that I have incorporated into my career um, every step of the way. The importance of building relationships all throughout the organization, not just with your core project team or you know primary stakeholders and the people who you're working with day in and day out, but meet people all throughout the organization and understand what they're doing, what their goals are and, and why. Um, and maybe you can help them. Maybe they can help you. Maybe together you can solve problems for the company. And I would give that advice to anyone who asked as well. It's really important when you stay at an organization for a long time. Something I really try to do is remember where we came from, remember how we got there, definitely learn from mistakes along the way and and don't forget about that. But also don't be tied to how it's always been or how it was or the fact that we do or don't do certain things, if that makes sense. So don't be afraid to think about things differently. No, it totally makes sense. I can think of times when someone would suggest something and I would be like, no, we tried this three years ago. You shouldn't do this. And then when I think actually someone new coming in, they might do it very differently than we tried three years ago. And I have been proven wrong a lot. I think I understand exactly what you're talking about. I think if you're there longer, sometimes you can kind of be like, no, but we've tried this. This is the way we do things. And that's probably not the way. That's not the way to like drive innovation, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I think it, it likely hinders innovation. Share what you learned. Hey, we tried this a few years ago, and here's what we found. And let that maybe inform the direction how you try it approach. Yeah. yeah, but don't don't let it limit the innovation. Any, you know, you've shared a lot of things that have worked well. But one of my favorite questions that I ask in interviews and in our, in our mobile growth events is like. How about something where you feel you failed or something that you guys tried and didn't work and what you learned from it? I think sometimes we learn so much from hearing failure stories and those are not shared as often. This is pretty general and I'll try to get a bit more specific, but with every big release, it doesn't matter the amount of user testing and prototyping um, and research that we've done how well prepared and how planful we've been, there will be surprises. And I was ill-prepared for that, I think, in our first few big releases of why doesn't every customer adopt this and love it right away, just like our users and user testing did. This doesn't make any sense. I love that. So to understand that you're going to have, you know, quick hot fix releases following any big customer-facing feature release and that that's okay you know, do all the research, do all the user testing, um, get it out and then be ready, you know, be ready to look at the uh, analytics and and do additional um, learning and be ready to make changes. I like that a lot. I think it's probably, it's not, I think it's true for any company. I have found myself there so many times, so definitely understand that. The last question, well, I before we go to our bonus round, it's really around how do you keep yourself learning? Especially 
after you get this at a certain level, and I find this with myself, I find it hard to find resources to learn what are your favorite resources, both on marketing and digital, but also on how to be a leader. I love to read. Uh, I read every single day. It's the last thing I do before I go to sleep at night. So constantly looking for articles, books, just to, to help me grow and to learn more about anything that might better me as a professional, um, as a human, and continuing to build a network and learning from people such as yourself um, and have those conversations around, you know, how did you land where you currently are? And, you know, what have you learned along the way? How did you approach a particular situation? And, you know, every one of those conversations that I have um, with people in leadership or in the digital space or lifestyle brands, that I admire, I learn something from them. So I, I seek those out. Any recent books you read that you'd, you'd recommend in the past couple of years? Yeah, Beth Comstock, um, Imagine It Forward, is on my bedside table. And I think it has been for the better part of a year and is one that, that I tend to refer back to and look back to quite often. What is it about? Her experience as an incredibly successful a woman in business and entering into digital and digital transformation, kind of being a trailblazer, doing it all while having a young child at home and just how she made it all happen. Okay, you sold me. It's going to be my next audiobook. I do the same, but like now I just walk my dog and listen to books these days. So I'm going to buy it on Audible tonight. Okay, so we usually end this with three somewhat random questions. So question number one, if you had to delete all the apps on your phone and you could only keep one app, what would that be? The Chipotle Mexican Grill app and Amazon Prime. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think that's a fair answer. And then if you had an app that enabled you, obviously these are all mobile related. They all have the word app in them. Mm -hmm. But if you have an app that enabled you to talk to either a specific animal or a type of animal, what would you pick? Wow. Um, I know. It's quite out there. I think I'm going to spend time thinking about that one later. But the first thing that comes to mind is a sea turtle. I'm a scuba diver. I love the ocean. I love sea creatures of all types. um, And I am just amazed by sea turtles and how far they travel and all they must see and experience. So I think I would love to, I don't know. Talk, talk no, that, I, I think that's a really great answer. We now have learned a lot more about you through that. And I think no one else has said, I think, I think we've done like 28 podcasts or something and no one has said sea turtle before. So it's also very original. Very good. I like being original. And then last one, what's an unexpected app would find on your phone that people who knew you well would like be slightly surprised? Strawberry Shortcake's Bake Shop. And I'm pretty sure my eight-year-old daughter had something to do with it. (laughs) So it's not like you actually buy, you actually build a cake shop. Yeah. Wow. Do you open it yourself or is it just there because of your daughter? Definitely uh, open in the background when she can get her hands on my phone. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have played games like that and I, I'm just saying that's why I asked so uh, no judgment here well this was incredible I feel I learned a lot I got my next book out of this and I think your advice is awesome and just 
so impressive uh, in how Chipotle has grown. I think a lot of lessons for the marketers out there who listen to us today. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was a really great conversation. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this and share with someone trying to grow their career. Until next time, keep growing. Keep growing.